the, the reality is like, I, I struggled with this when I first got started was like, I felt like I had to scream my message to everybody. And what I realized was there's the right person out there that needs to hear my message. And so I started talking specifically to that person. So what specifically I've been through, right, of being in the corporate world, you know, basically going to the hospital, and we can talk more about that. Like, I've, I've got so, some, some crazy stories about how I ended up in the hospital with, with the heart palpitations because of stress. Mm -hmm. I was not present with my kids. I was unfulfilled in my life, just scrambling. I was abusing alcohol, even drugs behind my wife's back. And this was like four years ago and completely, completely changed my life. This is a show for the driven, for the dreamers. This isn't for the make-believers. I can walk all day long, but my walk has to become my must. This is for the determined, the self-defined, for those ready to push fear aside, crush doubt, and unleash the hero from the inside out. You are wonderfully made. You are beautifully fashioned. You are created with purpose. This isn't just another podcast. It's about living a life that counts. What's up, guys? Today, I have the honor, the privilege. Ben Snelling is on with us today. We're going to be talking about I, I got a feeling we're going to be talking about a lot. I got a feeling we're going to be talking about life transitions. I got a feeling we're going to be talking a little bit about fatherhood. Ben, what do you want to talk about? Welcome to the mm. show. It's amazing to have you. It's, Thank it, you, brother. Anthony connected us and uh, dude. Yeah. Dude, it's a pleasure being on the show. First of, first of all, and uh, you know, wanted to say what's up to all the people listening, but Dude, this conversation, I feel like could go in so many different directions. It was funny. I was like driving over. I was driving this morning to pick up something, running errand for my wife. And I'm like, what are we going to, what am I going to talk about with John? I wonder what he's going to ask me. So I'm going to leave it up to you, brother. You just, you lead the way. And I, I know something's beautiful is going to come out of this. So, Okay. Here's a hundred thousand foot question. Okay. What is, what is your why? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I discovered my why about three and a half years ago. And it was through doing a lot of uh, self-work. Um, that's just a fancy word for like a lot of emotional intelligence work on myself and like digging in, like the awareness, what, why am I here? Right. And uh, what, what came out of all that for me was, and again, this was over years of, of doing all these trainings and practices and groups and counseling and like a lot of stuff for me that's that true. I had to unpack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to unpack. Uh, the, the, my why is that I want to help raise the next generation of loving, joyful leaders, uh, in this mm. country. And I think I shared that maybe with you before, but the way, you know, I, I didn't know what that meant and God, God gave me that, that vision, right. He gave me that, 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 those words. And at the time I was doing some mentoring and tutoring and I thought, I said, okay, I'm going to go all in on that. That I think maybe that's kind of, you know, mentoring some of these, these kids that don't have dads that don't have that. Uh, and then, and then I went down the path of entrepreneurship and launched my own business and all this stuff. And I realized, I said, okay, how do I still keep that? Why with what I'm doing inside of my coaching business? <clears throat> and so for me, it was, I, I want to rate, help raise the next generation of loving, joyful leaders. And the way that I am able to do that 
in multiple ways is yes, the mentoring, yes, the tutoring. I believe there's a, there's a huge need for that. We can talk more about that. I'm sure you probably know more statistics than I do. Uh, but also inside of my coaching business, I can directly impact their dads. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when it came to me. I was like, I can teach their dads how to be more present, how to have more time in their lives, how to make more money for their families through mm-hmm. coaching. And when I realized that, I'm like, that fits perfectly with my why, because now I can help raise the next generation by helping their dads be more present, by helping their dads uh, be more uh, you know, sound and, and be there for them during all those times and being able to scale their time and, and uh, all those things that they can create with a coaching business online. And that's where it all started to elevate for me. Does that make sense? It does. There, okay. So there's at least two things in there that I'm curious to hear more about. I'm, so you're, you're a person of faith. And you, you felt like, so I'm a person of faith too, right? But for, for clarification of everyone else who hears, I'm not a person of faith. And I hear somebody say, I felt like God was leading me to do something. Mm. I'm like, like, like if you're, if you grew up in the church and whatever, you kind of understand that, you know, but if you didn't, you don't, you know what I mean? Well, let me, let me, I, I'll, I'll explain something. And I, I think this will be, let me, let me take it out of uh, Southern Baptist terms, right? <laughs> so I grew up Southern Baptist, super conservative Southern Baptist, and now we're non-denominational, but where, uh, you know, it, it's your gut. Okay. And, and a lot of people like when, when we hear about it, like I just went with my gut. I went with what I was feeling. I went, I, I thought about it a lot. I, I had written a bunch of stuff down. I had done some trainings. I had done all this stuff and I felt like my gut was telling me to go in this direction. I felt like this was what I was supposed to be doing. And so the gut for me, I relate that to my spirit and the, and the spirit that, that God gave me as a Christian. And I, that's what I believe. And so for me, I lean into that and say, okay, the prayers and, and the research and the studying and all that stuff, that's, that's where that came from. Does that make sense? I hope that's clearer, maybe more clear. Hey, it makes sense to me, right? And I know that we actually have brain matter like in the solar plexus and in our abdomen and stuff like that. So when we say that it was a, a gut feeling or a gut instinct, there's actually some like, there's validity to that, right? Because there's something mm-hmm. going on. But again, just I'm, I just want you to kind of, because I, I kind of have, I've kind of developed, I kind of figured out, I think, how I follow the spirit, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, for me, if something comes to mind, like once I've already pushed it out of my mind and it keeps coming to mind at random times, or if I feel almost troubled by it, yep. you know, or if I feel almost like, ah, this is just something doesn't feel right here. There's, a, there's disequilibrium, you know like no peace then you know what I mean? Like no peace within, then that's kind of mine. But I mean, when you say your gut, I mean, how do you explain it to somebody? Cause I mean, I hear some, I like in the back of my head, right. I hear the little, the little bad, the demon angel on your shoulder saying, well, how do you know it wasn't just tacos? <laughs> that's gas. That's not gut. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, let, let me, exp- and, and I think the, the biggest transition for me, John was, listening and understanding when I, when something keeps coming up like that, there's a reason why it's coming up like that. Mm-hmm. And so the awareness piece of it, right. The, the biggest thing I think we all miss out on so much is that like, I don't care if you call it the universe. I don't care if you call it God, whatever you want to call 
your that inner feeling of like this is the next step for me this is where i need to be that that is what i'm i'm talking about when i'm saying i felt led to do that and spending time with god for me and just being aware of when i'm feeling a certain way and it, this has been great like for the coaches listening as well like those that are in coaching or in management like, you know, sometimes when you need to talk to somebody specifically on your team, or if I have a, if I have a coaching client where I can tell something's off about them, I will call them on their phones or I'll text and be like, I'm thinking about you, brother, what's going on? I, I can just tell something's not quite right. And it's just a feeling, right? It's just a feeling like I, I keep thinking about this one person and I felt like, okay, I need to talk to this person. And so I just lean into that and it's just being aware of like who I need to talk to and leaning into that. And so that's, I mean, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying, right? It's, it's not necessarily just my stomach, a feeling in my stomach. It's a feeling of awareness. There's a subconscious feeling about it. It's like, I keep thinking about this person. I can tell something. If I stop and think about it for a second, if I slow down, which none of us really take the time, I don't say none of us, but a lot of us don't take the time to do enough. Right. And I can, I can realize like, okay, I feel like something's not right with this person. So instead of me just pushing that back, it keeps coming up. So I'm going to lean into it. Well, let me reach out to that person. What's going on? I just, I was thinking about you. I felt like something wasn't quite right. Or I needed to, for whatever reason, text you. Like I, I did it to you the other week. For yeah. whatever reason, it was just, I felt like I was like, I need to text John. You know what? I, I was thinking about some things and, and I just, I, I feel led. I need to text him. What's going on? I need to talk to you for a minute. Or even before that, I've texted you before and just been like, hey, thinking about you. You know, what's going on? So that, that's what I mean by like lean into the feelings and the awareness. So it's really the awareness piece of like, cause your brain tells you things all the time. It's just understanding what it's telling you and then leaning into it and be like, okay, I'm going to respond to what it's telling me. You know, it's, it's actually really interesting. So just maybe, I mean, man, not even 20 minutes ago, um, we had one of our team members in Montana talking to one of our team members here at the office and they were on a zoom and they were doing some social media strategy stuff, or actually, um, uh, email strategy stuff, like who, who needs to get what message, that kind of stuff, you know, like, cause we're all, we're, we're always, um, we're always refining those processes and protocols, you know? And so they're on the, and, and so I just go in there and I just like, I'm like, you know, bull in a China shop. Like I go in, I'm blah, 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 blah. And I give like 10 or 12 different directives, you know, it's like, where's the clarity there, you know? And she, she like looks up from her computer and bug eyes and she's like, blah, 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 you know, and she's trying to ride as fast as she can. And then I went back and I said, Hey, I know I just threw a lot at you. Did, do you, do you know what I was looking for there? You know? And so we had that opportunity. And for me, it's see, for me, what you're talking about is, is being true just being true to yourself, you know, and, and, and being true to what, what you, so it's, it, what it's been said that um, it's always the right time to do the right thing or something like that. And it's just, okay. If you know that, if you know what you perceive to be the right thing in that moment, like don't ignore that. Just like when you sent me a text and we got on the phone and it ended up being a fantastic conversation, you know, I love that. I absolutely love that. I want to ask you this. So you coach other men and you, you coach guys who, who have their own coaching platforms and things like that. And you help guys, you know, recruit and figure this out. What makes you, what makes you the guy 
who who can do that right what what makes you the guy who's who's earned the right to be heard mm, that's a great question you know and i it, it's it's to be heard by the right person too john because the the reality is like I, I struggled with this when i first got started was like i felt like i had to scream my message to everybody and what i realized was there's the right person out there that needs to hear my message and so I started talking specifically to that person. So what specifically I've been through, right, of being in the corporate world, you know, basically going to the hospital, and we can talk more about that. Like I've, I've got some, some, some crazy stories about how I ended up in the hospital with, with uh, heart palpitations because of stress. Mm -hmm. I was not present with my kids. I was unfulfilled in my life, just scrambling. I was abusing alcohol, even drugs behind my wife's back. And this was like four years ago and completely, completely changed my life. And so being through that and finding myself transitioning on the, on the self, on the, on my personal side first, and then diving back into my spiritual side, diving back into the, the understanding of the business side and taking everything I had learned, because let's face it, like, coaching online and having a business in general and entrepreneur, what goes on between the six inches in your head, that yes. is one of the most important parts. And so like being able to help men and dads navigate that on top of, okay, here's how we generate a lead. Here's how we sell something. Here's how we communicate with people. Here's how we provide services for them, right? Like those things are easy and they're always repeatable. But the thing that I do the most, the thing that makes me really good at what I do is that awareness of how people are feeling. I call my, like, it's called an empath or whatever, right? But I have this sense about like, it's just a, it's a gift from God that I believe I can understand, like I can feel when somebody else is feeling something or they're a little bit off. And so I tend to be able to lean into that real quick and be like, what's going on? Something's not quite right. And I think here's what we're doing with, tell me what's going on. And I can coach them through that to get them out of that little valley so that they can keep going. Does that make sense? Yeah, man, we are almost at the exact same place. For me, it was six years ago and it was anger and frustration and it was an overweight, obese, married to ministry because I was a full-time student pastor. Um, you know, I'm like, I was the, I was the guy who was looking for validation from all the wrong places, you know, mm -hmm. looking for love and all the, you know, and then it became, okay, I've got to get my health under control because, you know, doc tells me I'm going to have a heart attack in six months. And my whole thing that I would tell everyone is that I want my wife to know her husband and my kids to know their dad. And so it, my wife wasn't going to know her husband if he was not longer, no longer around to be there for it. Right. And, and then it got to a place where I got in really amazing physical shape, you know, and, and then there's, there was this moment at the gym for me. And this, so this was six years ago, six years and a few months ago when my oldest son was 11 and I'm just yelling and screaming and spitting in his face and just, you know, big, incredible Hulk, you know, Bruce Banner, you know, you know, and just say it at my kid and you don't do that at 11, you know? And it's like, and my wife is, uh, she's a smart person. And, you know, she's a strong, independent, professional, like she can, she knows how to get stuff done woman, you know? So like, it's only, she's only going to put up for so much of that, you know, mm -hmm. before it's time to, all right, I think I can figure out how to do this by myself, if that's the case. And so there was that life change there, dude, I 1 million percent feel that walk me through 
I don't really want you to walk me through the change because we've interviewed folks, you know, in the past. And, and one of the questions that I've asked is what was the change for you? I want to know, how do you grow into, because dude, you do not answer your cell phone on the weekends. It irritates and it irritates me and I respect it. Right. It's like, I'm like, I'm, you know, and I'm, so I'm actually, it's interesting. We had a three day this past weekend, did not answer my phone. And I was like, I'm a WWBJ. What would be, uh, what that's it. WWBD. What would Ben do? We're going to do wristbands y'all. We're going to sell them. So I just appreciate that. So how, how did you become, how did you become right? So there's this transformation process and there's a story in the middle, but there's also the becoming. Hmm. So there's a trade-off in the becoming, right? You have to trade this activity for this activity and even a mindset trade-off because you actually have to believe that you're a performer who can show up and achieve the thing that you're set out to do. Does that make sense? So, so walk me through that becoming. Hmm. I'm, I'm still becoming, you know, I'm still becoming every single day. And so that yeah. it's a, it's a daily affirmation of who you are and who you want to be and who, and frankly, you tell yourself who you are. And so th- there's, there's like, per- there's actual activities you can do, like looking in the mirror and talking to yourself and telling yourself the different affirmations of who you are specifically, but it's more so just being that person. And, and I didn't realize that like for, I didn't realize that I had changed so much until I look back at like who I was and then who I am now. And I just, I I knew, I knew four years ago or so I I was like, okay, I have a moment in my, in time where I I don't like who I am and I want to be this person. So let me figure out who that person is. And then let me just start acting like that person. And, And it's just like this change that happened. It happens over time, right? It's like, I won't even, we call it sanctification, right? But it's like, I want to be this person and I'm not there at all. Yep. And I'm just going to start acting like that person. And it'll just, I'll become more and more that person. And so the way that I showed up and the way that I think now, the way that I run my business, the way that I talk to people, like on sales calls, I used to, I remember when I was like, when I was so young and getting started out in sales, I was like horrible because I, I would like beat, beat around the bush. And I'd be so scared. Now I am so direct and I'm to the point and I'm like, do you want change? Because I know, I know I'm that person. And so I know if they sign up with me, then they're going to get the results, right? I've got an obligation to actually make them sign up on the spot because if they do, man, they're going to see some real results. And so it's like, I get fired up about it, but I had to just be that person. And so like, I know we hear that a lot and we read books about that, but it literally is just like every day, making sure that you're, you're staying focused and you are that person. And dude, I, I mess up all the time. Like we all mess up. Right. But but you know, I have moments of lapse, right? But, it, but then being aware of like, okay, I'm this person. I've got now backtrack. I've got to apologize. I got to, whatever I got to do, right? If I snap at my wife or my kids and I'm impatient for a moment, like, no, 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 no. Like I'll, I have a three-year-old daughter. Like I'll go back and apologize for her. Like, I'm sorry, daddy shouldn't have talked to you like that. Here's what I actually want to say. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk, you know, and she's three. So you got to be like, literally just, you have to know and become that person mentally. And then you just start to do things that that person would do. And it starts to create the success and the whatever you really want in life. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of the, the game, so to speak. There is so much in there. And th- so there's a saying out there, fake it until you make it. And even yeah. Amy, 
Amy Cuddy from the TED platform shared fake it till you make it. And she shares it in her book presence, which came after this TED success. Mm -hmm. So I get, I get it. I get what she's trying to say. I can't stand that statement. I hate I, that I agree. I don't like it. You have to be it until mm -hmm. you be right. And yes. the crazy thing is, is it, when you're faking, you're not fooling anybody but yourself. Because people can smell a fake or a phony from a mile away, right. right? And and being it, like being that man that shows up for your wife and being that kid that shows up or being that guy that shows up for your kids and going back to your daughter. Oh my gosh, dude, I feel the weight of that so much. I mean, we even had one last night or yesterday where I'm sitting on the, on the ottoman or whatever talking to the boys. And anyway, it was like, hey, look, you know what? Some of the stuff in our conversation the other night was me verbally processing because I'm a verbal processor, but I need you to understand I'm still undecided as to how this thing is going to go. Mm -hmm. Right. So the things that I threw out as directives from here on out, I'm, st I still don't disagree with myself, but I just want you to know. Right. And, and then there was this whole, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to get into the weekend, but even, even with the sales call stuff and stuff like that and calling guys and recruiting them, there is so much value in what you just said. And I hope people don't miss it. You, because look, I'm here to serve. I'm here to add value. I have some experience. What I know is extremely valuable. Mm -hmm. And if I can assess, assess your situation and help you turn this thing around your life. It, it the, whatever our contractual fee obligation is, your life's going to repay in spades, right? hundred oh, percent. Yeah. And, and just having the, so I've got it later, not now, but I've got to tell you how that happened with me this weekend. <laughs> but that, that's another conversation for later. All right. Here's what I want to know. Before the transfer, before the transformation and before the becoming process, do you remember Les Brown? He talks about that, um, how some people will go to their graves and their ghosts of missed opportunity will be dancing around their graves. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. I'm curious before the, the transformation and the becoming and by the way, the salvation sanctification analogy, spot on, <laughs> spot on. And, and thank God our salvation has nothing to do with our sanctification. Oh my gosh. That, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But I'm really curious, man. What would you have missed out on if you would have never became, or if you would have never entered the becoming period? What would have been dancing around your grave? Dude, I, I could sit here and talk about what ifs. Um, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you a brief, a brief, like, idea of what could have been. Okay, so before this, before the transformation, right? Before, like, we all hit, we all hit some type of proverbial wall that that we have to do something. Like, we have a choice at that point in our lives. Before then, I was working about 70, 80 hours a week. I was traveling a lot for my job. I was abusing alcohol like crazy. When I was home, I was abusing, uh, I was smoking weed in the garage. I was doing all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, behind my wife's back, she had no idea. I would, uh, you know, all this stuff. My wife was unhappy. 
She didn't feel loved. I was, we weren't connecting as a couple. Our relationship was the worst it had ever been. And we'd, we had been together at that point, maybe 10 years. If that would have continued. I can't even see you that way right now. Because I'm not that. I just, because, I, because I, I've, I've changed, I'm not that person, you know? For those of you guys who are listening to this on the podcast, you're going to have to check out the video on YouTube because, I mean, if you, you need to see this guy talking, right? Because he's not what he, he's just not at all. What he, so please continue. So, so, that, so that wall that I hit, if I wouldn't have hit that wall or whatever, my wife and I probably wouldn't be together. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Like she, she's a very smart woman. She's very headstrong. She would have called me out and she would have left my, my, excuse my, my language, but my ass, right. She would have, she would have left me. And for, I mean, yeah, like she, she would have known better and she'd be like, I'm out of here. I'm not going to deal with this. You know, I can do better. And so that would have been a piece of it. I would, and that would have sent me in probably a deeper hole, a deeper depression, a deeper, you know, just abuse of, of substances. And then, I wouldn't have been around my kids. I mean, dude, well, I could go on and on. I mean, it, it would have been a whole different life. I wouldn't have been here potentially. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I have a, I have a huge uh, family history of, of uh, suicide mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's something that I don't talk about a lot, but I should, because it's a very, very scary, real thing that I've got close family members that have killed themselves and uh, it's a very real issue in my family. And so I don't think I would have been here today if I wouldn't have hit that wall. And if I wouldn't have got on my knees and been like, all right, I'm done. I went upstairs that night I, after I'd come home. I, I'd had, you know, the heart palpitations. They checked out everything. I was fine. Went up, went upstairs that night after uh, I, you know, had spent some time praying. I got down on my knees beside my wife and begged her for forgiveness. And I told her everything. And dude, that is hard that is really, really hard. That was probably one of the hardest nights of like, I'm about to break her trust like crazy, but knowing that this is the only way through this. Right. And so I would have been in a really bad place to answer your question. I, I don't know. I don't know that I would have been here and that's a dark, a dark thing to say, but uh, it's, I think it's the truth. I was 27 when I confessed my, my struggle with porn to my wife. And it, it started when I was about 25. For me, it was a functional escape, you know? And man, when I told Alexis, boy, she was, oh man, she was devastated. She was just like, it was tough, dude. It was tough. And, you know, it, it, so you back yourself, you know, it takes you, you back yourself into that, you know? And then you have to back yourself out of it. So there's this, there's this whole period. And, so, you know, you talking to guys who have got themselves into that place and, and it's, and I, I want to add, I just want to add this to what you said here, guys, if there's, if there's anyone listening, who's in that place where, you know, okay, I've got to tell her, or I've got to tell him, or I've got to whatever. That's a massive piece of it. That's huge. That's a huge piece of it. But it's only a part of it mm -hmm. because every day it's just like we were talking about a moment ago where Ben talks about, and we talk about becoming, you know, and in this becoming period and we're becoming who we are, which is a paradox, but we're becoming who we are. We're becoming who we're, we're made and meant to be, you know, and 
there's this process of, of earning and rebuilding that trust and repairing that relationship and the, and learning to be completely transparent and completely vulnerable and completely open and just no, no hint of no hint of anything, dude, man, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard, man. And I would say just, uh, it, it's, it's also freeing because yeah. you literally you've laid, if you truly lay everything out like that, you've got, like, I was at a point I had nothing else to lose. I was like, if she, I mean, I, I've got to tell her because I will, I will probably either, uh, abuse so much substance. I'll, I'll drink myself to death or I'll, you know, something really bad is going to happen in my life or I end up back in the hospital with a real heart attack, not just heart palpitations. Right. And so I was in a really bad way. And so anyway, I, it's a, it's a freeing thing too. You're like, Ooh, that was like the biggest burden I've been carrying around on my freaking back for, for years. And then finally you just kind of release it and you're like, it's the same. I mean, it's, it's confession, man. You know, it's confession. You know, it's interesting. We, um, I, I'm not going to go into it just, just cause I want to respect the situation, but over the weekend, um, I had, had a little issue with one of my kids and it did something, it, it was something that it, I've been going on for a little while and it, it was kind of a secretive thing, kind of hiding behind our back kind of a thing. Hmm. And, um, and so when we, you know, when we found out about it, um, he actually said, you know, I know I'm probably in trouble and I know that you guys are probably really disappointed with me, but he says it feels so good now that, you know, mm -hmm. and to me, that was like, that was the moment, man. That was like, okay all right, there is something right in this kid. There is something good in this kid. He gets it. You know, he gets it. Dude, that is huge. I, I really, I mean, suicide is something that um, when I was 19, there was a moment in my life and then it, growing and trying to become a man and feeling like you're a failure time and time again and all that thing again, like for, for me, that was a very, very real issue as well. Um, I really appreciate you diving in on that, dude, and going after that. For, for the – talk to me more about mindset, though, right? Because there is such a different mindset. So if, if you're the person who's been who's, – who's, you know, who's spent years in, you know, drinking or pot or, you know, married to their job or disconnected from their family or disconnected to the kids – and they're listening to this and they're thinking, okay, all right, these, these guys are, these guys are years on the other side of their thing. I mean, they're kind of out of touch. I don't think so, but talk to me still. How, in what ways do you practice that changing mindset in terms of building momentum? Does that make sense? It's, yeah. I'll give an analogy. So if you're in the gym lifting weights, maybe your first day in the gym, you go in and you can bench press the 25s on the bar. And then a month later, you can bench press the 45s. And then two months into it, man, you're really making some gains. You're like, man, I can, I can press two plates on the bar, you know? So talk to me about, talk to me about how, how that framework, uh, talk to me about how wins in your life multiply. 
momentum, right? And it's the same analogy. Like, it, like who, if anybody's listening, it's ever watched like a, a football game. Like, this is the only way I can describe it in like basic terms of like that you haven't felt it maybe in your life. You can feel the momentum in a football game. You know, like you can feel if if uh, one team's starting to do better, and then all of a sudden a big play happens, you can feel the momentum start to shift. And like, man, now they're going like crazy. They're you know they're flying across the field and all this kind of stuff. You can feel that happen in a football game. The same thing happens in your life, right? And that, that is honestly one of the biggest pillars that I focus on in my personal life. And I'll explain that first. And then I'll talk about how it applies to some of the coaches I work with. But in my personal life, every day I set myself up to get some wins, okay? And so a win for me, a win is when I get to do some self-care, right? A win is when I get to... Uh, have a real in-depth conversation with my three-year-old daughter about something that is really important in, in life. And she asked me a bunch of really great questions. I mean, I love talking to my daughter like she's an adult because, I mean, they're smart, right? So a win for me is writing a note to my, my beautiful wife and telling her how much I love her and what she means to me. Like, I, I try to do that every single day, right? So setting my, like making my bed, all these, all these little things that are wins for me, they're not checkbox items. Let me clarify that because I think this is really important. I don't care if I do them or not. I just know if I do them, I'm going to set myself up for more momentum throughout the day. Okay. And so a win for me is all those little things. So I set myself up to get these little wins throughout the day, right? Like when, I, when I'm doing that self-care and I'm spending time by myself, which is so important. Most men don't even think about doing that. Go spend some time by yourself. Do whatever you do, right? If you're, if you're not spiritual at all, then just go for a walk and, and just think, breathe, you know, just take in the, the environment you're in, right? Focus on just being present in that and wherever you're at, like, don't think about all the other stuff, which I know is easier said than done, but all the self-care, right? All those little things that I set up for my life and I set up for my days, right? My meditation, my prayers in the morning, my, my, my uh, fit, fitness routine, which has been, you know, my gym has been closed for a while, but still doing, you know, hundred pushups, hundred sit-ups in the morning, like all those things, like taking cold showers, like all these things that set me up to feel good for my day and get a win, those build momentum into the day. And so it's the same with like business, like for coaches, when I first start meeting with coaches, one of the biggest issues that most of us face is we have so much thrown at us. Okay. Through social media, through our personal lives, through just whatever that we're dealing with, that we get so blind, blinded by all the shiny stuff that we think we're supposed to be doing or that we think we're supposed to have that we miss out on the most important things. So when I, when I meet with some of these coaches, dude, they're like, they're like, are we going to talk about Facebook ads? Are we going to talk about all these fancy like funnels and stuff? I'm like, nope, we're going to talk about the one thing that you need to be doing every single day, which is start more conversations with more people. And here's how we're going to do it. And I'm going to, here's how we're going to get some wins this week. Right. And they're like, Whoa, nobody's ever talked to me like that. Everybody's talking about the shiny stuff. You know, and so it's knowing that if I can get them some wins and get them some momentum in their business within a week or two, and most most coaches are like, this is going to take three months. I'm like, no, 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 we're going to get a win at least in the first week or two. And then, and then that, that really is like, bam, that pushes them to, to push harder and harder. And every time they bring up the shiny stuff, I'm like, no, 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 forget about all that stuff. I'm going to teach you how to do that stuff. It's all about this. And this is going to get you the momentum. This is going to get you the wins. Dude. This is why I'm opposed to 21-year-old life coaches. <laughs> <laughs> because at 21, 
there's just some things that you haven't experienced yet, even if you've experienced a lot, you know, and I'm not discounting the life experiences of, of 21 year olds or 22 year olds, but I can watch a YouTube video about how to do Facebook ads and do funnels, right? Like I can find yeah. that. Stuff. I can find that stuff for free. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think you're so spot on because I don't, I don't want to just teach a person how to use a tool. It's not about teaching you how to use a tool, man. I want, I want to, I want to, I want to teach you how to live a life. Hmm. You know, I don't want to teach you how to, if you, I don't know if you're familiar with, are, are you familiar with uh, uh, Cal Newport? No. Oh, you got to read, you got to read his book. So good. They can't ignore you. Uh, I've, I've heard of that. I have heard of it. Cal oh, it's, yeah. Cal Newport, C-A-L Newport, N-E-W-P-O-R-T. So he's like this, you know, MIT, Stanford adjunct professor, whatever, really heady guy, research guy. But the book's fantastic. And he writes in such a way, even though he's an academic, he writes in such a way that it's like, okay, I can apply this now because it makes sense. It's more than just a to-do list. It's, a, it's an understanding, right? And I think that's what we want to do for people. We want to give them an understanding. I want to equip you to make a decision independently. I don't want to equip you to just, you know, run a tractor. You know what I mean? And, and if, and if Facebook ads is the tractor in the digital economy, right. Mm -hmm. it, it, we're, we're no longer in the, the uh, Gregarian kind of society. We're, we're in the, you know, kind of digital kind of post industrial kind of a world. So my tractors change, my hammers change, you know, I want to teach you how to be a person who is followerable. Is that even a word? I don't, I think you just made that up. <laughs> so you got all this and, and the so good. And I think you'll love this Ben. So it's why I'll keep on about it for another second, but the so good that they can't ignore you thing. It was, um, the guy who played father of the bride, Steve Martin, the dad, yeah. remember the bride, uh, Charlie Rose or uh, whatever his name was, Charlie Rose was interviewing Steve Martin one time. And he says, all right, Steve, if somebody wants to become a successful actor, what would you tell him? And Steve says, well, only the fates get to decide success. But if you want to be a working actor, it's not about your publicist. It's not about your like what wardrobe coach or whatever, right? Become so good at acting that no one can ignore you. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's fantastic. And it reminded me of the proverb that says, show me a man who is, is skilled in a craft and he'll serve before kings you know so i have i have two i have two last questions here's my first one how do you define success hmm. for me it's uh it comes down to time you know uh i i don't really care much about money 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 is a, a tool that that allows me to spend more time with my kids that's the way that I view my business. Like if you look at my business and I, I'll, I, I tell, I say this proudly, I only work about 20, 25 hours a week because I want to, because I've set up the systems and I've pay, I pay the people and the processes in place that I get to spend so much time with my family, my kids, like my wife, we go on date nights. We spend time together during the day. 
right? We, we lay out in the sun together and talk and, and, and just get to goof around during the day, which most people don't get to do. I wanted that. So for me, success is being able to not only control my time, but scale it in such a way where I'm able to, to be there when my kids wake up. You know, like every day my kids nap from one to three. When, when they wake up, daddy's right there. And I, like, I wanted that so bad when I was sitting in a cubicle or sitting, you know, on the road driving to do sales and, and I'd have to FaceTime my, my wife, right? Pull over and FaceTime and be like, daddy's not there. I'm sorry. I'm on the road. I was like, no more. I'm going to, I'm going to create a life that I want. And, and so for me, success is time. And we, we only have a limited amount of it on this earth. And so creating the most out of that time, right? With my kids and with my loved ones, doing the things I love with the people like yourself that I enjoy being around, that's what I, that's what I call success. Man, you're about to make me weepy-eyed. <laughs> yeah. How, you, how do you, so the last question is very, very similar to the success question. My last question is, at this stage in your life, at this point in your life, how do you define, how do you, like now, how do you define a life that counts? You know, I've been, uh, that's a great question, man. Life. I've been thinking, I've been thinking and praying and spent a lot of time just focusing in on that question because I, over the last four years, I've created a lot of great stuff and I've, I've become who I thought I wanted to become. And I think I'm to this point now. And, and, and it was funny, uh, you and I actually, we had this conversation the other day. <laughs> We're like, dude, I, I feel like I need to do more. And I, I think it's like, I don't care about the money. I don't care about all that stuff. Yes, I still want time with my family, but I, I know, and I'm to the point in my life, I'm 31 years old. I've got, we're done having kids, right? Like, like I know, I know how life at least generally is going to, you know, look with our family. And I know we're in that, we're in our forever home. Like all these, all these things that were kind of to this point, I'm looking back, I'm going, what am I about to do with my life? Like I'm 31 and that's not old, right? That's not old by any means, but oh my gosh, I'm, I'm right at the precipice of what is about to be the next 10 years of my life, nine years, 10 years of my life. And looking back, I want to say, oh my gosh. Like I, I did exactly what I wanted to do. And I set out to be this, uh, this person that was creating uh, the next generation of loving, joyful leaders. And so how can I elevate that? How can I do that even more? And for me, um, I'll just share this with you. I mean, I, I, I truly believe it's going to be in some type of mentoring. I'm, I'm, I'm already looking at other, starting other businesses that are going to be able to directly impact younger kids because it's great to, uh, and when I say businesses, like, I'm not trying to make money. I'm just like, I'm going to start things that are going to do this programs, whatever you want to call them. Right. Yep. That are going to, that are going to focus in on the younger kids because there's certain ages that kids get to where they're, they're not lost or they're not completely lost, but they, they're setting their ways in a lot of things. And so if we can get to them earlier and start to give them that, I believe that, that role model, that, that vision of what they can become, then we can help them get out of certain situations or help them to, to get through certain situations and become who they can become for, for the next generation. So they can actually start to raise loving, joyful kids. They can start to be that and they can start to lead in that way as well. So I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> no, that's good, man. You know, I, I feel that way 
too. I, I was at a youth camp one time and I, I still see the guy in my head and um, some guys in the cabin or whatever was talking about, you know, um, what what's it like at the end of life? You know, what do you want to accomplish at the end of life? And there's one guy you like had just had a birthday and he's like, Oh, you're getting pretty old. You know, you're coming to the end of your life. And he's like, man, I, I he says, I'm hoping that I have another 50 years cause I have a whole lot left on the agenda to knock out. And dude, I love that. I think there's so much more than just lip service that we can do to, statements like being the change that you want to see in the world right ben tell them where they can find you brother so the best place is facebook so just ben snelling and uh that i've got the personal page which is my business page as well i've got a business page which is just ben snelling all one word uh, i've got a facebook group which is a great place to come hang out if you're a dad and you want to start a coaching business or you've already got a coaching business and you're trying to figure out what it's all about and how to grow it then it's the online dadpreneur. And so I'd love to have you there as well. And guys, I'm going to tell you, I had the opportunity of sitting in on one of these with Ben. It's just kind of an outside observer. Um, it was just, it's a pleasure to be a part of it. And what he's doing with these guys, it is high level. It is worth your time. You will be taking notes and engaged the entire time you're a part of it. So I want to point you to Ben if you're at a place in your life where it's time to become who you were meant to be. Hmm. Dude. Thank you, man. Dude, I love, I, like, I, I always interview so many people that I love actually being on shows because it's, it's fun, man. It's fun just to talk it out, right? I'm normally the listener. So this, is, this was great. Thank you for, uh, for giving me the, the floor and the space. It's a million percent my pleasure. All right, guys, that's a wrap for today's show. Thanks for listening to another episode of Life That Counts. Tune in next time for more insight with host John Williams.